Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Red Letter Society podcast. Today's a uh, interesting episode. We're actually on site at Hargrave Military Academy. We are here doing a spiritual emphasis week. And what we're really covering here at the spiritual emphasis week is basically abundant life. And what does it mean to have abundant life? What does it mean? Um, how do we even get abundant life? And we've really been discussing two passages. One is uh, an obvious one, which is John chapter 10, verse 10. But also we've been discussing Psalm 19. And these two uh, passages tell us the blessing and the reward of following Jesus and following his voice. Um, And that's something we're really passionate about here. So we wanted to talk a little bit about our own habits and the way that we have been growing and studying the Bible, but also some things the Bible tells about reading God's word. And for the very first time here on the podcast is Alexandra Gibson. Hi. And uh, Alex, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. um, So for those of you who may not know, I am currently in the season of being a mom. And so I have two daughters under the age of two. So my oldest will be two in May. And then my youngest is just going to be four months old this upcoming week. And um, one of the things we were talking about a couple minutes ago was just how does this affect my relationship with the Lord and my time spent studying the word. And so um, it looks very different now than it did even a year and a half ago when my first daughter was born. And I've learned that the, the point, I guess, the, the product stays the same. So I'm always going to the word with the intention of meeting the Lord and knowing his character and my methods have had to shift. So with my first daughter, it looked very different. Um, I would usually sit down and that time during her first nap was time that I intentionally dedicated to the word and studying. And now my mornings just don't look nearly as consistent. Um, (laughs) I tried the whole first thing in the morning thing and, um, that was not going well. My retention was minimal at best. And, um, you know, usually I'd try to get up before both my daughters, but we're just not quite there yet. And so now what I've been doing is um, listening through the Bible this year. That's something new for me. I'm a very visual learner. Um, And so when when I'm listening, I've found that I can either follow along in my hard copy of my Bible, or um, it forces me to tune in because I know Mm -hmm. that it's not my primary method of learning. And so I use that time to either sit and listen. Maybe it's while I'm drinking my coffee, when one of my children's napping, or um, maybe it's as I'm going throughout my day, doing small chores, picking up, kind of just carrying my phone with me so I can hear it and um, mentally engaging with the Word of God. Again, just for the point to know who God is to build my relationship with him. I think those, there's two things that are interesting about that. One is, um, and maybe it's even like counter tradition, like because there's a lot of uh, tradition and the way that you should read your Bible. I know my dad was actually talking about this in our, like, I, I say mini episode. It was like a half episode. It was supposed to be a short episode, but it ended up being the longest episode that we ever had because, I mean, naturally you have me and my dad talking. Yeah. It was long. Um, but when we were talking about addiction, he also was talking about his, his uh, time in the Word of God and one of the things that he grew up with was this idea that if you didn't read your 
Bible first thing in the morning, then the Holy Spirit couldn't use you in the day. And like, you were not going to be able to be used by the Holy Spirit until you had your quiet time, which is just ridiculous because I mean, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is living within us. Like I don't have to uh, necessarily do something wrote as in spend five to 10 minutes in my Bible to activate the power of the Holy Spirit within me. Uh, That's kind of ridiculous. Also the fact that if we think that five to 10 minutes is what's going to change our lives in the Bible, I think we're really minimizing the amount of time we should be spending in the Bible. The other thing that you said that's very interesting um, and might might even like some people be surprised about, you, you're talking about uh, listening to the Word of God. And uh, I want to remind people that most of the time throughout Christian uh, belief, because we are the Judeo-Christian belief, so that means from the very beginning of time, we've had this faith as, as a as humanity, and most of the teachings of God's word were actually taught uh, orally, and you're, you're speaking those things, and that's how children and other people had learned, and so there's obviously power in the spoken word of God, uh, so both of those things can be really, really impactful, and even though they might be different. Oh, certainly. They're, they're awesome. And it, and it shifts in seasons. I know there have been seasons where I've had um, long amounts of time, and I've been up early, and that's just what has worked for me in that particular I've been up early <laughs> in that particular season I remember in college that's very much what my routine looked like and that's changed as my life has changed and I think um just to that point of five to ten minutes activating the Holy Spirit I love what uh Jen Wilkin has to say um she's got some really great resources particularly for women her book women of the word really great book and I remember hearing a devotional that she said a few years ago and she was talking about um, when we go to the word and how often we look at it from our own perspective and wanting to glean maybe it's a particular tidbit of knowledge or information or wisdom for the day we look for our little nugget grab it and then walk out and that's like our little nugget that we carry with us throughout the day and we forget um that the that the purpose of scripture is always to the to point us to the Lord. And so we don't just go to the Bible looking for a nugget of wisdom to carry with us for a day. We go to the Bible to be shaped by the word and to know the giver of the word. And I think that can often be the the purpose of Bible study can often be lost in our routine if we're not intentional. I remember I remember one time uh cuz I was reading the Bible and I was praying about Uh, This sounds so weird, Um, but I was homeschooled and I was praying about trying to go to public school. And I used a passage because I was reading the the Bible and, you know, I kind of had that idea that if I read the Bible, the that's God speaking to me. And so there's a passage in the Old Testament where um, they were told to go into that land. And I was like, it's the word of the Lord. It's telling me to go. And uh, uh, that's not how it works. Uh, yeah. You, know, you they, can look at the term eisegesis. Yeah, that, exactly. If you want. Uh, and we want to read from <laughs> the Bible texting. and understand what it was saying and communicating about God. Because ultimately, the, the cool thing is... Um, and, and Paul Inns writes this in his um, systematic theology, but basically the idea of God revealing himself is so cool because uh, anything that we know about God is because God himself willingly, willingly revealed it. We can't accidentally discover something about God. He revealed it to us because he wants to be known. And one of the cool things that we have is the Bible 
and the word of God that we hold in our own hands that can teach us and lead us to things of truth and things of God's word and ultimately to that life abundant that is talked about in John chapter 10. Um, But we also, again, we have another passage that has just um, been meaningful to all of us, but also a highlight here at Hargrave and that's Psalm 19. Yeah, so we've been talking about Psalm chapter 19 as part of our first session and it outlines some very specific benefits for coming to the word of the Lord. And it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them, your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. One of the things that we've talked about, particularly regarding um, the word of the Lord, the command, you'll, you'll, you see the, the psalm writer here really outlined, um, uses a lot of different verbiage to refer to God's word, whether that's statues, pre- statutes, precepts, commands, all of that referring to what God has given. And typically these uh, boundaries really is approaching this from a mindset of abundance versus scarcity. So when we talk, start talking about the abundant life, we have to rec- recognize that God is the giver there of the abundant life. And he is a God of abundance. And I think a lot of times we come to the things that he's said, those boundaries that he's given us, the information he's given to us, and we approach it from a scarcity mindset as though God is withholding something from Mm -hmm. us. And so when we approach something in scripture that doesn't line up with our lives, when it starts to correct our course, when it's starting to convict us, we come to it thinking that God, in this command is taking something Mm. when the reality is if God is good Mm. and if his if he is all wise if he is all sovereign if he um, all of this is rooted in his love for us then there has to be more Mm. than we understand and also like not only more than we understand but if I love in John chapter 10, he actually says that he can, he's going to lay his life down for the, for the sheep and he's going to pick it back up again because he has the authority, which means he has the authority of life. He not only created life, but he has all control over life. So therefore it's a natural conclusion, not only by his death, burial and resurrection that he's God and has that authority, but that also means he probably knows how to have the fullest life. And, yeah. um, and so we end up seeing, uh, and I love it, it's, it's so awesome, but we see that Jesus is not restricting us from in his law. He's actually leading us and protecting us. And that's a very different mindset. Absolutely. And I think um, in one small way, I've begun to see this because I think, so I spent, I've spent a few years dealing with students and, and Um, ranging from elementary age students up through high school students, particularly teaching them the Bible. And um, we would have great conversations about the things, hey, God is saying not to do this, or God is saying to do this. And often um, there would be some tension and frustration involved because it felt as though um, God was withholding, God was taking something, or he just didn't want us to experience the fun. Um, 
<laughs> and I, one thing that I used to tell my students is, have, have your parents ever told you not to touch the stove? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know I'm going to tell my child not to touch the stove. She can't really reach up there now, but every time she looks or goes for it, we, no, no. And it's not that I'm withholding something from her. It's that I have the knowledge and understanding that if she puts her hand on the stove, it will hurt. That will really take something from her. It will take the functionality, most likely burn her. Um, So as the parent, I recognize the danger that's involved should my child go in that direction and I use my voice, my authority to then stop and redirect because I want better for her. And the reality is the Lord does the same thing. His word stops us, intersects us, changes our course so that we then experience the life that God truly has designed, that life of abundance. He promises something great. Absolutely. But it requires our conformity. Yeah, it requires us to surrender and to to obey Him. Uh, We're actually uh, in the middle of the process of putting out a a new album called Manifest, and all of these songs are talking about experiencing the goodness and the presence of God. And what's really interesting for all of this is that um, we see over and over in Scripture that we experience the goodness and the presence of God through surrender and through obedience. When we desire more of the presence of God, we surrender and we experience it. Let me read uh, to you just this list, just to recap uh, as we kind of close on on this episode. Um, Again, this is Psalm 19, 7 through... um, through 12, uh, through 11, sorry. And it says this, the word of the Lord is perfect. It is reviving. It is sure. It'll make me wise. It will make me glad. It is right. It is pure. It'll enlighten me. It will clean me. It endures forever. It is true. It is righteous. It is gold. It is honey. It's sweeter than honey, more desirable than honey. It will warn me of danger. And it's also rewarding for those who put their life and their hope and trust in it. And so, uh, you know, if you're in a place where right now you're kind of wondering, hey, how can I even develop that relationship with God and that, that um, discipline, message us, comment on the video, message us on Instagram. And one of our team members would love to be able to talk with you and just encourage you um, and, and just lead you to kind of what we've experienced and the abundant life that we have in Jesus. So thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.